At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, warmer from Evo. Welcome to Welcome to Las Vegas for Guess Guess with myself, Craig Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you as we're going to be joined in segment number two by one of our good friends, Matt Cox. He does absolutely tremendous work over at the Three Man Weave, and we're going to be giving a lot of love to the mid-majors today. As for the Almanac, he wrote up the Horizon League. He also did the Big Sky, so we're going to be taking a look at some of these teams of intrigue. I'm going to be focusing a little bit on Montana State, as they did a very interesting thing bringing in Point Loma's coach as their new head coach, as Danny Sprinkle, he moved on to Utah State. So we're going to be asking about some of the success that we can expect to perhaps have with some of these coaches coming from the D2 level to the D1 level. I know that Cal State Northridge is a team I talked about on this front a few days ago as well as I think that they're going to be a team that's going to be a little bit of a sleeper, a school that I thought did a very nice thing, taking a look at a coach at Cal State Bernardino. In the case of CSUN, that had a lot of success in Andy Newman coming up to the D1 level. Montana State is going to be looking to capture that. Can we expect the Ryzen League to be back a little bit more this year as well as we know ever since Butler and Valparaiso left the Ryzen League, it has been a little bit of tough sledding for them. So we're going to be asking on that front and how the two-time transfer rules and the fact that a lot of these guys are not getting waivers might affect mid-majors more than these power conferences because we are looking at schools like Ole Miss, LSU, and how they're going to be affected. But there's a school that he covered out there for the Almanac in Wright State. And if they do have Tanner Holden in the fold, I think that they might be the best team in the Rising League. If they don't have Tanner Holden holding it down, it might be a little bit more rough for them. So we're going to be touching upon that. And then we are going to be taking a look at a few SEC teams that we both feel might be some sleepers as well. So that's going to be going down in segment number two. Pretty much a very short segment number one, just giving you an introduction here because, well, we have not seen a lot in terms of news and notes in college basketball. It's been a very bare week to say the least. Schools are just getting back into practices, what have you. So we should be seeing more coming out in terms of timetable of return with regards to some of these injuries. We should be hearing more and more about some of these guys that are progressing slash regressing as things go along as well. So we are currently waiting for that to fall in. 
We're currently getting set for what is going to be a tremendous upcoming season. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my X timeline at Gina underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters DM, leave me does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Do have a little bit of a shorter podcast today just because we did not see a lot that went down in college basketball on Thursday. And quite frankly, we have not seen a lot go down this week in general. So we're just going to get right into it with Matt next right here. I'm just guessing with myself, Peggy Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And we're back with Love You Las Vegas for Gus Kessie with myself, Craig Eames Peterson, now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by this man as Matt Cox. He is one third of the three man weave, 33.3 repeating percent. He does an absolutely tremendous job taking a look at the great game of college basketball and to be able to follow the three man weave on X that is over at the number three MW underscore CBB. I know that Matt put in a lot of hard work with regards to the Almanac. Everyone over at the three-man weave, along with a field of 68 and each XCBB, really did a tremendous job on this front. And Matt is doing impeccable work getting set for the upcoming season. And you're able to follow him on Twitter at Matty underscore Cox. And 
Matt, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Let's get into it, sir. Let us get into it. And Matt, I know you are hard at work with regards to the Almanac. I know that you and another one of our good friends from the Midwest, Lucas Harkins, did an impeccable job with regards to the Rising League. That was one of the first conferences that I dove into there. I know that you're taking a look at such conferences as the Big Sky. I know that you tackled a lot of the mid-majors. And just in your findings with regards to doing the Almanac, were there a few teams that maybe weren't on your horizon to start with that as you dove in more and more, you just felt better and better about them as you were talking to coaches and as you were looking down the roster a little bit more? Yeah, well, I'll give you one right there on the horizon. Youngstown State, a team that went nuclear last season under Jared Calhoun, he's been really hitting the portal hard. I think probably the f- most forthcoming in terms of how he evaluates players, how he assembles you know, just a, you know, a bunch of power conference, but also kind of mid-major offshoots that he's really blossomed to fit within his system. They lose Dwayne Cohill, but I don't know, talking to Greg Campy and some of the coaches, and they're all pretty tight in that league, and the couple of head honchos spilled the beans that this Youngstown team could be even better next year. I'm not sure I'd buy it, but that's a team that even though they lose a lot, like a fringe pro in Dwayne Cohill, my God, he was awesome at the guard spot. I think they actually could be awesome. It may take a little longer, but I think they could be a uh, rising juggernaut when it heats up. And how much do you think that it is a case where the Youngstown State program just does a great job of being able to develop big men? Because what I thought was interesting last year is that they brought in someone in Adrian Nelson from within the conference over at Northern Kentucky, and he had really never shot threes in his life. And they made him incredibly versatile. He was able to pop a few threes, not like he was taking like seven threes a game or anything like that. But just the versatility that comes with Youngstown State, I do think makes them dangerous both within the rising league and also made them really good outside the conference as well last season. Yeah, that was kind of the big holdup with them is they hadn't really had any like real true rim protectors. Like Calhoun fully embraced a more guard-oriented, like wing interchangeable type of lineup, which was decent in terms of being disruptive on the perimeter. But like they got gashed at the rim before Nelson got there. So he was kind of a game changer. I'm worried about how do they replace that? Do they still have that interior resistance at the rim? But again, I think there's plenty of athletes and length and talent in terms of shot making as well. Um, just a team I wouldn't bet against. That's all I'll say. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I do think that the Horizon League is going to be an interesting league this year. It's joining me on the show. We do have Matt Cox. He does tremendous work over at the three-man weave. And Matt, as we know, it is a Horizon League that in recent years they've fallen on some tougher times. Because we remember many, many years ago when they had a team that was making back-to-back national championships in Butler and then Valparaiso after that. They were really able to take hold of the Rising League ever since then. It has been a conference without a little bit of an identity. And how much do you think they might be trying to find it a little bit more with the conference being one of those where the whole is greater than some of its parts? Because you mentioned Calhoun, and I thought he should have gotten a little bit more of a look when West Virginia had everything breaking out with UW-Milwaukee and everything that they were able to do under Bart Lundy. I thought that that was incredibly important as well. And I feel like the overall coaching in this conference, it's getting better and better as they've been able to adapt to not having Butler and Valparaiso in the fold. Yeah, and I think the bottom of the league this year should be way better. You know, look at Green Bay and look at IPUI. I mean, I can't believe people are picking IPUI and, you know, to all of a sudden jump to like sixth or seventh. I've seen that a lot of places, but I think they're going to be so much better than Green Bay could be an absolute dark horse. Sundance Wicks has gotten like all the offseason ink with his quotable sound bites everywhere, but he is like a guy I think could be a rocket ship of a mid-major coach. Yeah, the league I think also benefits from having Green Bay be good. Green Bay's like, if you look back historically, one of the flagship programs in that league, just with the funding they have, the support they have. And I mean, you know that you're from that part of the country. I just think the league has to have Green Bay be good for it to be relevant, at least to what it was right before it had that three or four year swoon. 
Oh, I'm right there with you. With UW-Green Bay, it was rough the last few years. You could tell that Will Ryan, he probably shouldn't have gotten the job when he did. He had one year at Division II Wheeling College where I mean, the school was right around 500, and it was just very curious in general as to why they were giving him the job. It feels like Wicks, he is very much equipped to be able to have some success bringing in Noel Reynolds, by the way, with him, who is a very solid scorer at Wyoming. That is just incredibly massive for this team as well. And I take a look at one of the other conferences that you did with the Big Sky, and I think that this one is so interesting as well because that's another one of these conferences that is going to be a little bit more new look because Danny Sprinkle, he is now out of the fold. They bring in Point Loma coach Matt Leggy. Hopefully I said that correctly as I think that he's going to be able to do a relatively solid job bringing in a lot of D2 guys. And with regards to a school like Montana State, I do think that some of these schools that they sort of do go that Division II route. I'm looking at you, Fairly Dickinson. They can have some success right away. And I do think that oftentimes that is a good way to be able to go because he was able to bring a few guys with him over from Point Loma and bring in some really good players from the non-Division One level. Yeah, I agree. I think you get that continuity going from – D2 to D1, D3, D1, where you've seen the other precedents in the past, right? That's huge. It makes the transition way smoother. See, with a lot of these teams, like look at St. Thomas and look at these other these other teams that have upgraded, the timing in which they've done so has typically been pretty fortuitous that you've had guys coming back for their fourth, fifth year in that first or second year in the league. They tend to just kind of outperform everyone's expectations. You know, the Idaho, Idaho, you know, Idaho's, Idaho states of the world of that league are going to be sort of wild cards this year, especially Idaho, with all the new pieces relative to the D1 landscape. But I still think they'll be competitive, similar to the horizon. No bad, bad teams in that conference. And it'll be wide open again this year, right? Because you have the Montana State void at the top. You have Eastern Washington losing a ton of key pieces. I think Weaver and Montana are really good. But tough to bet against David Riley at Eastern Washington. I think that's going to be the one interesting program where they were the rocket ship last year. They fell on hard times late. People kind of forgot about them. Maybe forgot how good Riley's been. I think that's the one team... I'll have circled going into the year. Yeah, and with Weber State as well, the fact that they have, in my opinion, one of the most dominant players in all of college basketball is so big as well. And we saw Weber State towards the back half of the season really be able to have some success. It felt like when they got that Utah State win last year, they were just a completely different team. Now it feels like they're a little bit more complete as well because last season it was Dylan Jones and Dylan Jones only. And guy that's right around six foot six that led the team in points, rebounds, assists. I think they led everyone with regards to hot dogs sold at the hot dog stand as well. <laughs> but I feel like they've now got a little bit more around them. And I think that that's the big key because if you're able to get anything around them, I think that this Weber State team can be able to make a little bit of noise on the national landscape. Yeah, Eric Duft, I mean, just to step in behind a guy like Randy Ray, a coach who had been there for forever, obviously been a class of that conference for a while. They've you know produced multiple pros getting to mention Dame Lillard's name, given the day in which we're recording here. But I think he had some early turbulence that he had to navigate on the defensive side. They really couldn't guard anybody at all to start last year. They had some injuries and sort of seems like they started to dial the right buttons late in the year. I just think they played cohesively. And then with Jones back in their full strength, playing you know his usual dominate, dominant self, you know, he was one of, I believe, three players that we had preseason player of the year and defensive player of the year. Pretty hard to do it on both ends. I think they have more depth this year. That's the key, right? You know, are they going to run out of gas? Are they going to be as dominant as we see them at times from start to finish? Because it feels like that's been kind of the one thing that's held them back is they've had healthy depth. That's what Duff needs this year. Yeah, but can the Duff man deliver? That is the right. question that we've got with regards to Weber State. As Matt Cox, who does tremendous work over at the three-man weave, 
is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And Matt, when you and everyone else were deliberating with regards to the Almanac, the big question that I had was, how did you guys decide how to handle these guys that are maybe two-plus-time waiver, two-plus-time transfers that do need a waiver for one? And two, how do you know whether or not a guy is going to need a waiver as well? Because I do think that with the COVID year, it does make it very murky as to who is slash is not going to need a waiver for one. And two, just gauging these guys in general is the biggest thing this offseason that I've really been wrestling with and I've been having a tough time with. Yeah, we made it a point before every coach call. You know, we gathered in our little virtual huddle and said, we got to make sure we ask you know, two or three questions to every coach, one of which was the waiver situation. Now, even since we've published, I think we've found one or two more that we've missed. Just, you know, the coach didn't realize it or just didn't mention it to us explicitly. And I think that's kind of why we did the website this year is we could go back and actually, you know, make some changes there. But it's a complete crapshoot. The whole thing is, I just can't believe we were all sort of taken aback by how long teams waited to apply for some of these, but then also how unlikely it seems like many of these guys are to get waivers. I think people thought that the NCAA would be super lenient after how lenient they were coming out of the COVID year. You know, all the momentum that mental health was getting is sort of a de facto reason why kids were doing it, but it seems like they're being really strict with these decisions. And I mean, look at a team like Wright State going back to the horizon, like Tanner Holden, you know, make or break peace for that team, right? Look at Detroit Mercy, Alex Chaco, I'm probably saying that incorrectly. Uh, Davis thinks he's like their most talented player and he's sort of on ice coming over from Rhode Island. So yeah, it's annoying. And I can imagine for coaches too, who are going to set up practices that just started this week, you know, how much do you play those guys who are key pieces, but you know, may not get in the rotation at all this year, right? Do you want to start messing with chemistry? Do you want to start kind of putting them on like a second team, letting your first team without them? start to gel. So yeah, a ton of just annoying decisions that these coaches have to deal with. Oh, and I'm so glad that you mentioned Tanner Holden as well, because I had with Wright State getting Tanner Holden in the full that is with him in, I feel like they would be my projector or finished number one team. Without them, I probably drop them to number three, number four. And I think that that could be one of the biggest transfer decisions out there because a lot of people are talking about Ole Miss and their two-time transfers that need waivers. And certainly that's big. LSU, a lot of these power conference teams are getting a lot of love. But as we know, with mid-majors, they have been some of the biggest beneficiaries of the transfer portal. And these are the teams that could really lose out the most if these two-time waivers do not go through. You can certainly see a theme as you look through the teams that have gotten these, these waivers with a couple of exceptions, but generally they're just more risk-seeking. They have you know, a lot of sort of holes on the roster, and I think these coaches just really took some Hail Mary swings like, okay, what if we can get this guy who some teams probably aren't going after because of the waiver concern? We can go after him, get him, we get him cleared, you know, a buy-low type of undervalued asset at your disposal. And I think you also have to take into consideration what is his plan's this year, like, is he fully committed to a two-year thing if you're going to get him with the with the risk of potential sits? Again, it's a whole thing. I feel bad for the low majors. Yeah, the low majors, mid-majors who need, like, you know, one or two key cogs to replace a whole swath of exodus this summer and you don't get it, that's going to be brutal. And you won't find out probably until, you know, October, even November and beyond in some cases. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It is going to be really rough to take a look at that as Matt Cox of the three-man weave is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops and... Matt, I know that you did a tremendous job writing up so many mid-majors with regards to the Almanac, but I know that you guys over there at the three-man weave also did your annual top 40 that just concluded a few days ago. I'm not going to spill the beans as who you guys all had in your top five and everything like that. I will give you guys a little bit of a spoiler. Duke did indeed make the top five. So you can rest assured there that these guys are competent college basketball gentlemen and did put Duke within the top five. But that said, as you were doing your top 40 list, 
were there a few teams that maybe you were a little bit higher slash lower on than your companions over there at the three-man weave in old Jim and Kai? Yeah, I think Mississippi State was the one that seemed to pop. I didn't realize how much higher I was on them than my colleagues. I just think Chris Jans proved he's a legit coach in year one. And while they were an absolute calamity in terms of shooting the basketball, like historically bad, I think that team can A, they can't shoot worse than they did last year. I just think there's there's zero, like, or just all of the momentum regression pointing and just an extra shot or two falling from the outside. And they get Andrew Taylor from Marshall, who I think is going to be a great addition to that team, can kind of run the offense a little bit. Didn't shoot great there, but I think he is a shooter by trade, can make shots from the outside, help stretch the defense. Tolu Smith, one of those kind of journeymen, long-time double-double machines that no one talks about, like one of the you know, most underrated stars in our game today. Doesn't do anything sexy, but just gets the job done. Kind of a microcosm of that whole team. They know who they are. I know what they are with Jans at the helm. So just a team I think can be, you know, top 20, top 15. Top 10 may be a reach, but I think a real dark horse to crack the mid-teens. Oh, I think the Mississippi State is going to be pretty solid as well. And how much did you take a look at their foreign tour trip and see them just taking more threes in general? Because that does have me a big encourage about Mississippi State. And to your point as well, they were out of 363 D1 teams last season, 363rd with regards to three-point shooting percentage. So to your point, they literally cannot do any worse than that. Exactly. And they actually had some unsung heroes make shots too, which is really encouraging. So if they get some bench contributions, they're going to be in good shape this year. Oh, I'm right there with you. And Matt, with regards to the SEC landscape, is there anyone else that you did take a look at? Because another team that I was high on with regards to the SEC was Auburn. I think they're bringing back G&I Broom having just a little bit more shooting for them. And it did feel like a lot of those SEC teams we were talking about, Mississippi State, felt like a lot of them looked themselves in the mirror and they were like, yeah, we stunk from three-point range last season. Let's rectify that just a little bit. They're another team that I'm pretty high on from that conference as well. Yeah, I go back and forth on them. I think they're going to be a situational type play. I just don't all the way trust their guards yet, but I think the front court with how stable that is, with how well they play at the rim on both ends, that's a it's a really safe team to feel good about finishing the upper half. I'm with you there. And I always feel safe about having you on this show, Matt. You do an absolutely tremendous job over there at the three-man. We've taken a look at this great game of college basketball. You guys did impeccable work with the Almanac, did great work with your top 40. So give you the floor here. Let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Well, nothing else for me except just relentlessly marketing our great publication, cvbalmanac.com. Just find us on Twitter. We'll be pimping that out pretty heavily the next few weeks. So Maddie underscore Cox on Twitter at 3MW underscore CBB for the main handle. Always a pleasure, Mr. Peterson. Thank you. And rightfully so for giving out all the goods with that because I picked up the Almanac myself. Very impressed by the work that everyone did with it. Matt had a nice hand to play with that. And every single time he joins this podcast, lends tremendous insight. So big thanks to Matt Cox for joining me right here on Coast Coast Soup Style, part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this podcast, you're able to subscribe Wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my old X timeline at GNNRS41. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'll be with you guys every single day on this podcast. We're down to just four conference previews now. The Big 12, the Big East, 
along with the Pac-12 and the SEC. I'm probably going to do about one a week moving forward, so that'll leave us about 14 days where all the conference previews are done. I'm able to dive in on all these questions that you might have, and we're going to have a successful season. Once we get in season, going to get you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. Always appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm with you guys every single day, and that means I'm back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.